Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tanya Snyder is a transportation reporter at Politico. Yeah, I've been covering transportation for almost 10 years. Well, Nine years. <laughs> That's almost 10. It's Nine is almost 10. It's true. She works in Washington. She has been tracking these grants the Department of Transportation gives out. Who's applying? Who's getting paid? These programs are, are very, very popular. Everybody's trying to get a piece of this pie. And so there are many, many worthy projects that end up on the sidelines because there just isn't enough money to go around. Recently, this one proposal caught her eye a request for a few million dollars from the town of Owensboro, Kentucky. This request to improve some roads had been denied at first. But then, right before Christmas, the money came through. And so we're looking into, you know, what were the possible political considerations for giving this grant to Kentucky that, you know, in previous rounds hadn't made the cut. Yeah, I guess the question the question is, like, if you have five almost identical highway projects, how do you choose the one that's going to get the millions of dollars? Exactly. Tanya says these political considerations she's alluding to, every administration's got them. Back when Obama was in charge, the Department of Transportation was worried about climate change, and they distributed money accordingly. Everyone likes to say that there are no Republican roads and Democratic roads and that infrastructure is bipartisan. But actually, there's a real ideological divide on how we build transportation infrastructure. A rural road project that involves widening highways is is something that the Obama administration was explicitly trying not to do. They were much more interested in streetcars. They were much more interested in bike lanes. And that is something that the Trump administration is much, much less interested in. But this isn't a story about Donald Trump. That grant to Owensboro, Kentucky, was interesting to Tanya because Owensboro's had friends in Washington since long before the current administration. If you walk to the Ohio Riverfront from Owensboro City Hall, past the courthouse and past the Museum of Science and History, you'll get to McConnell Plaza, That's Mitch McConnell Plaza. For years, this town has been courting the Senate majority leader, and it has paid off. Tanya says the details of how money flows from Washington to Owensboro tell you a lot about how D.C. is working right now and for whom. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. 
Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Owensboro, Kentucky got an $11.5 million grant from the Department of Transportation after years of lobbying. They first applied for it back when Obama was president. They got turned down. But when President Trump took office, the city's fortunes changed. It wasn't just that Mitch McConnell was looking out for them in the Senate. His wife, Elaine Chow, had become Secretary of Transportation. And she'd hired a familiar face to be her chief of staff, a guy named Todd Inman. Yeah, so we... um Actually, a watchdog group called American Oversight got a trove of emails between USDOT, the Department of Transportation, and McConnell's office. And so many of them had Todd Inman's name on them. Todd Inman had been a Republican political campaign operative in Kentucky for many years, much of that having to do with kind of advanced logistics for events. So kind of managing transportation and and setting up events and things like that. He wasn't necessarily kind of doing high-level strategy. So he had worked on McConnell's campaigns and ended up on Elaine Chow's staff at the Department of Transportation. So this guy, Todd Inman, he'd worked for Mitch McConnell. Now he's working for Elaine Chow at the Department of Transportation. I guess we should explain the fact that Mitch McConnell is married to Elaine Chow and talk a little bit about how common or uncommon that is in Washington. Yeah. So weirdly, this exact situation has happened before. Robert Dole was the Senate Majority Leader and his wife, Elizabeth Dole, was the Secretary of Transportation. So this exact situation and... Elaine Chow herself had been in the cabinet before, and Mitch McConnell was in the Senate, but not the head of the Senate. So it is unusual. And this is something that we had been interested in since she was nominated for this position. How would this work? How? What are the kind of hazard areas when you have a secretary of a major cabinet agency, especially one that doles out discretionary grants. Most cabinet agencies don't have kind of buckets of money that they're spreading around the country at their own discretion. So you have this very unique situation where she is um, married to the Senate majority leader. So, you know, what kind of firewalls do you set up? What kind of guardrails do you put around that to make sure that there is no conflict of interest, that there is no way that anyone could even accuse you of conflict of interest? I mean, this is such a strange situation in such an obvious time that you need to just be extra cautious and make sure that you're really crossing every T, dotting every I. And what we found is that they just didn't even try. Elaine Chow hired several McConnell staffers, former McConnell staffers, from campaigns or his actual staff. And, you know, they were in her inner circle at the Department of Transportation. And one of them was this guy, Todd Inman, who, you know, had these deep ties to Kentucky. Um, Some people think he wants to go back and run for office again in Kentucky and made it really clear in his email correspondence with Kentucky officials that they should go through kind of normal channels when they have a request of some kind, but they should also send it to him so that he can flag it directly to the secretary. So it was this much more direct channel to the top. And he said that the secretary had asked for that. 
you know, maybe he was grandstanding. Maybe he was just sort of saying like, hey, you know, hometown folks, let me let me know if you run into any trouble and I'll help you out. And I think that we can assume that some of that happens all the time and some of that is normal and some of that is nice. But again, in terms of the, the ethicists that I spoke to for this article, in terms of how they would really make sure that this was as clean as possible, that they would have taken precautions around things like that. You know, you mentioned that Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chao had kind of been in this situation before. Back when Elaine Chao was heading up the Department of Labor, were there any guardrails then? I think it was really different, partly because Mitch McConnell was not was not majority leader and was in fact only became minority leader at the end of her tenure. But Beyond that, at the Department of Labor, they're just not giving out money in that kind of way that they do at the Department of Transportation. So I think that your potential for for some kind of conflict of interest is probably a lot lower. It isn't necessarily wrong to help your constituents access government grant money. The Department of Transportation helps local governments revise their applications all the time. But looking at these emails... It was the way this work was getting done, with McConnell's office in direct communication with his wife's staff. You know, this is especially as the secretary is just coming into office and just sort of getting her staff set up um, that a lot of this was happening. But a lot of Kentucky organizations were going to McConnell and saying, you know, with a request, a speaking request or a meeting request for Elaine Chow or her staff. And so, you know, that that is not something I don't think that anyone would have gone to Rand Paul or some other member of the Kentucky congressional delegation. I think that that relationship of people going to McConnell and asking for a favor vis-a-vis the Department of Transportation was explicitly because of that that relationship, because they're married. And so that, you know, some of that was was as she was just coming in and, you know, likely still getting her staff set up. But it continued for a while. And definitely there was a a back and forth with the McConnell people saying, you know, would you please make this kind of meeting happen or help this person with this request? You know, Elaine knows them. They're friends. And in some cases, when we go back and look, yeah, those were people who have donated to Mitch McConnell for years. Hmm. How did officials in Owensboro talk about their relationship with the DOT and how it had changed under Elaine Chow? Yeah, my coworker Tucker Doherty went to Owensboro and talked to uh, the mayor and talked to the county judge executive, which is kind of the you know the top executive in the county, and they were really clear that the the county judge executive especially that having Todd Inman on the inside, you know, their local guy, he kept calling them our local guy, that he has Elaine Chow's ear twenty four seven, and you know when there are ten projects that they're trying to decide among, you know, and we've got this local guy on the inside with the secretary's ear, like, you tell me, what what kind of impact is that going to have? So I think he was really clear that that was their in. And when they got the grant and they did a public press conference, they, they thanked, you know, Secretary Chow, Mitch McConnell, Todd Inman for making it all happen. Well, first, we were thankful that we had such good associations built with Central McConnell and the U.S. Department of Transportation, because without them, it wouldn't have happened. You know, I imagine for this piece, you are talking to a lot of folks who think about government accountability and how to make government work better. What did those folks say about what they would want to change about this system to prevent things that 
look a little suspicious. Yeah, I asked them, you know, what it would look like if they wanted to put up a firewall. You know, if they wanted to just do everything that they could to make sure that no one could ever accuse them of any kind of undue influence or um, kind of motivation that that Elaine Chow might have to help her husband. And they said that, you know, Elaine Chow could recuse herself from all decisions that have to do with Kentucky. Uh, Mitch McConnell could decide that he is that his office is not going to have that kind of direct communication with DOT. Certainly, they could not share staff back and forth um, of McConnell staffers going to uh, work with Elaine Chow at the Department of Transportation or those people that do and that have these connections, you know, might also recuse themselves from from certain projects. Part of what I really appreciated about your reporting is that you got into why the relationship with the Department of Transportation was so vital, especially right now, given the limits on how Congress can wield money. Right. So Congress banned earmarks in 2011. For people who don't know, for people who may not know, like what's, tell me more about what an earmark is. An earmark is when Congress puts in a bill, this amount of money is going to be spent in this community on this project. And so a lot of earmarks were related to transportation and infrastructure, you know, that Congress would explicitly say when appropriating money, you know, and we're going to send $11.5 million to uh, the Riverport in Owensboro, Kentucky to do this to do this project. And that was a way that congressional Republicans, especially appropriators, especially powerful people like Mitch McConnell, could could curry favor with their constituents and could could help the people back home. My impression is that Mitch McConnell was pretty good at this. He did know how to play that game. And he and in Owensboro specifically, Owensboro had been at at a certain point, uh, you know, a vibrant, bustling downtown. And, you know, by the mid 90s, it had really been hollowed out. Um, big box stores and mega malls on the outskirts were really kind of hollowing out the downtown. There were a lot of boarded up storefronts. And McConnell came in with a $40 million earmark that the mayor said that when he heard that, he was just like stunned and asked McConnell, like, wait, did, did you say $40 million? And, you know, McConnell just sort of laughed and hung up. As one does. As one does. (laughs) So earmarks, there are lots of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. I I hear it more from Democrats that um, would like to see the return of earmarks because if done well and done accountably, you know, rather than bridges to nowhere, you have, you know, people – members that represent a certain district that know their district better than, you know, the way that they would put it would be faceless bureaucrats in Washington, you know, that that they feel that rather than leaving all of that discretion to the executive branch, they, as members of Congress that are authorizing and appropriating this money, should have a say in how it's used and may actually be the best people to figure out how it would best be used. So why did they get rid of them? Yeah. So there was the whole kind of bridge to nowhere scandal that there was a bridge in Alaska that was it was considered a bridge to nowhere in this kind of very unpopulated area. Um, I think that there has actually been some reconsideration of whether that was even a good project since then, that some people think that that was a, a really important connection for the people there. But 
without getting too into the details of the merits of that particular project, that there was a real examination of the way that members of Congress were using earmarks, which they were calling pork, pork barrel spending, um, as ways of sort of feathering their bed among voters in their districts. Um, But that what McConnell has found in the years since the ban on earmarks came in is that he now has this new way of helping his constituents access these pools of money um, from the Department of Transportation through his wife. Hmm. Did Elaine Chao or Mitch McConnell comment for your piece? Yeah, I mean, so Mitch McConnell did and and actually touted in, you know, knowing that we were writing a story about potential undue influence from his office and from the state of Kentucky, he kind of doubled down on that and said, yeah, Kentucky Kentucky punches above its weight in Washington. And I am a senior member of the Appropriations Committee, and I am pleased to do what I can for the people of Kentucky. Um, and Elaine Chow did not, did not comment for the story. And DOT just said Kentucky doesn't get more than its proper share of funding that out of 169 projects that have been approved since Elaine Chow came into office, only five have gone to Kentucky. The proportion of funds that go to Kentucky is well in line with the proportion of population of the United States that's in Kentucky. And that may all be true. So the earmarks went away and all of a sudden this new avenue opens up for Mitch McConnell. But I have to wonder, thinking about all that, is this actually something special or is this just the way money moves in Washington? I think that in our reporting on this, we did not necessarily find that any one of these grants that Kentucky has gotten were without merit. But what we can say is that Kentucky had this very privileged position for getting grants like this, and that they had a kind of access and a kind of avenue to decision makers um, and a motivation for Elaine Chow to make decisions that will benefit her husband as he's running for re-election in 2020, you know, to, to kind of help out his political allies in places like Owensboro. So, you know, we can't say for sure how or if that impacted the decision-making around these grants at DOT. But we can say for sure that they didn't take any of the precautions that you would think that a husband and wife in these positions might take to just make absolutely sure that they're not. Tanya Snyder, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks so much for having me, Mary. Tanya Snyder is a transportation reporter at Politico. And that's the show. The What Next crew is here every weekday morning for you. So if you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend about it. Just go ahead and grab their phone and click subscribe in their podcast app. Trust us, they're going to thank you for it. The show is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, and Ethan Brooks. I am Mary Harris. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.